Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm taking your calls and giving you the communication skills you didn't know you needed, but I promise you do. Topics include why dating might get better if we put a limit on this whole texting thing, the body language signals that may have you sending the wrong messages, how to keep up sexually when your partner is injured and down for the count, and ripping off the bandaid and just talking about sex already. All this and more. Thanks for listening. We just finished our latest survey, and since last year, the percentage of you who use lube frequently went from 48% to 63%. This made me so proud, because you know I want you guys to have a lube on every nightstand. That's my dream. Now, I know there could be some confusion when it comes to deciding which kind of lube to buy, so today, let's talk about silicone lubes. They last longer, they're waterproof, and you can use them with condoms without breaking them down which is why I am so excited I get to work with Uberlube. I literally used to stock them for samples at trade shows. That's how much I love their lube. I even gave my producer a cup instead of a whole bottle because I didn't want to give it all away. So anyway, Uberlube gets that high quality silicone is the best option because that's literally all they make. You just have to feel it and you'll know what I'm talking about. It's never sticky or tacky and they even had a touch of vitamin E so you feel moisturized after using it. In fact, You can use it in your hair for frizziness, on your skin for chafing. And side note, if you got colorful tattoos, it makes them more vibrant. It's kind of like the Swiss army knife of lubes. Ubalube is long lasting and waterproof, so you can use it in the bath or the shower without reapplying. Besides the way it feels, let me tell you about the bottle. It's such a clean design in this beautiful glass bottle. Definitely nightstand friendly, which of course I love. Ubalube is really in a class by itself and I want you to try it. So to order yours, go to sexwithemily.com slash Ubalube. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E today. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. The girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. You know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com. Check out our website. You'll love it. Lots of blogs, lots of posts there to help you have better sex. You can comment and subscribe on iTunes. We love when you do that. We love when you give us five stars on iTunes or however you listen. You can listen to podcasts now on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, all over the place. And also, you guys, this week, you guys, is my debut week on Sirius XM, which is a dream. It's Sex with Emily on Sirius. It's five days a week. It's on channel Stars 109. And I'm going to be there Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 to 10 Eastern. And it's been so fun. So I had my first show yesterday, and it was amazing. I love reaching out to so many more people who have SiriusXM, helping you guys all with like sex and relationships. So you guys, if you have it or a friend has it or tell them to listen to uh, Sex with Emily on SiriusXM, it's actually a dream come true. It's been a blast. You can always find me on all social media at Sex with Emily across the board, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are everywhere. 
Okay, this is a call show. So you guys, we had some awesome calls, you guys. So thank you so much for sending in your questions, checking that box so we can set up a call. But first, a little bit sex in the news. I've been waiting for this story to come out because I'm like, am I the only one who's suffering through texting? I mean, it just kind of makes me so, it's overwhelming sometimes and distracting. So this says dating might get better if we all stop texting. I know that's a little extreme. However, I get it when you're first dating someone, it's so exciting when they text you and you're like, oh my God, here they are. And then you could stay on the phone for hours and texting. And I just think if we could kind of do a limit on the texting, even before that first date, there's a few levels here. I don't think you need to find everything out about someone before you meet them because what I've found is that I've had great texting with someone before I meet them and then you meet them and I'm like can you just text me across from the table because you're a way better texter than talker but also sometimes we reveal a lot that we'd like to kind of find out on a first date so I think there should be limits there I think it's distracting and I think that like when I first started dating my boyfriend I was like I appreciated that I would hear from every day and I I think that texting you know is important overall But I felt like he had a lot more time. He would send me clever things and, you know, clever little texts and funny photos. And I was at work all day and I'm just thinking, I don't really have time to respond. And I started feeling this pressure to be funny all the time on text when, you know, and every time it pops up, you have to like get off message. So I thought you get off whatever you're doing. And then I actually asked him, I said to him, I said, are you cool if I'm not texting you back? I wanted to get permission to for not. And he's like, after weeks of stressing out that I wasn't being this, you know, a funny or a responsive texter. He's like, yeah, babe, I don't care. I'm just sending you things because I think they're funny, which is great for me that I got permission knowing that I didn't have to sit and text him all day long. But um, I don't know, you guys, I think that it's kind of good to miss each other and to not always be in touch all day long. Like that whole, like, how was last night? Did you have any good dreams? Did you get to work okay? What are you having for lunch? Like, isn't that stuff we can find out later if we really care? And I think it's kind of good to have time away where at the end of the day, you get to catch up on that stuff. So I think there's a compulsive nature to it. And then we come to expect that if we're not in touch with them every hour, we sort of feel disconnected or why didn't they text back? Not to mention all the time we can waste when there's so much drama when you first start dating someone and you're like, what does this person mean by this text? You know, people have certain rules. Should I wait 10 minutes before I text them back? And I just think they can be misinterpreted, misconstrued. We get anxiety. We have uncertainty. Like, what does it mean that he just texted hi? And then you ask all your friends to analyze it. And, you know, it probably just means hi. But um, I just think if we can kind of go back to these times a little bit or just maybe have more conscious texting is what I'm saying. We'll never go back to no texting. But do I really need to be in touch with this person all the time? Or can I have a talk with them and say, when I text you, I'd love to hear back, but we don't have to do it all the time. Or, you know, in this article, there was a couple who decided they were going to stop texting unless there was like they were each running late for a date. They were just going to talk on the phone, which I actually still love talking on the phone because I just think there's no, I mean, there's no stress. There's no misinterpreting. And you're actually, to me, that's way more intimate than sending out a bunch of words. Texting overall to me has been a problem. I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but I get a lot of texts in a day or a week And I feel like it just takes you out of the moment. So whatever I'm doing, it goes off. I try to have my phone off during the day, but when it's popping up and then I think there's no way to like mark it on your phone to go back to it later. And then I don't go back to people. And then I walk around with this huge guilt that people are mad because they know you got the text. Like in email, there's a little bit of like back in the day, even you'd be like, well, you know, maybe they answer it on Monday or they don't check their emails on the weekends. Your phone is always in your pocket. And so I think there's a certain like, you got to get right back to you where they get disappointed. But I'm wondering like what the statute of limitations is. Like sometimes I try to go back like two weeks and respond to people. And sometimes they're happy. Sometimes they're not like who made the rules about all this. So 
I don't know. I think I'm just going to start picking up the phone again across the board and calling people. Calling my boyfriend, which I already do, and calling friends. It feels, I've been doing that lately. I just started, but it feels so much better. So I think that's how you really get the human connection rather than just, hey, I've been thinking about you, you too, and then moving on to the next person. So let's try to bring the phone back this year. How about that? Common body language mistakes that destroy relationships. I don't know if these destroy your relationship, but I just find them interesting because I do believe that so much of what we say and so much of what is without words is through body language, through, you know, facial expressions. And so that's so much of communication is about body language. So crossing your arms. I remember hearing this years ago and I've remembered this one that if you stand and you cross your arms all the time, That can be interpreted as a signal that you're closed off and not willing to listen to what others around you have to say. And so, you know, it's like you're literally think about it. Your arms are in front of you and you're you're saying like, no, I am not open to talk. I'm not available. So now I actually notice when I'm when I'm closing my arms, even if I'm at the grocery store or in a meeting and I just put them down by my side. The other thing here, keep your chin up. Holding your head high can give you the impression, can give people the impression of confidence, but you can also appear condescending can also be true if a man remains standing while talking to someone who's seated. And I guess the perception is, you know, you're lording over me, you're looking down at me. And so I guess just think if your chin is a little tilted up, maybe tilt it down. Another one is pointing your finger. Pretty common to point at people when you're trying to emphasize a statement or gesturing to something. But I guess that could also come across as aggressive and rude making the other person feel like they're being lectured. And since it's unconscious, I think it's something to be held aware of, to be be made aware of. And I actually, I used to work in politics a long time ago. I worked very closely with politicians. And if you, you might notice this, that politicians, they don't point. They do this thing where they put their pointer finger and their thumb finger together. And they do this thing where they're kind of, there's no point. Their finger is tucked into their thumb and they do not point. And I kind of, I don't think I point anymore because of that, because it's aggressive. So think about your pointing. Poor posture. Especially, I think this is so true, you guys. We're all sitting with slumped shoulders, our heads down. And when we do that, that conveys vulnerability and weakness, and people can lose confidence in you. But the thing is, nowadays, all of our posture has declined, particularly because we all have our phones in our hand, and we kind of crouch with our head down, our shoulders hunched, and you feel like no one can see you because you're just like in your world, like you're just obsessed with your, you know, you're enthralled with what's happening on Instagram. It's like the world isn't happening, but you're hunched over and you look like, you know, I guess vulnerable and weak. So I think it's really important to people to think about sitting back in your seat, sitting up high, you know, think about your sternum, think about breathing into your like pelvic floor and sitting up straight. You just look confident. You feel, and the truth is you feel more confident when you're standing up straight. So not only do you look that way, you're going to feel that way. And it's not great for you either, you guys, overall. Shaking hands the wrong way. I had to read what the wrong way was. So here it is. If you shake hands, don't put your hand on top of the other person's. That's a big no-no because that's a power play. So it's kind of says, I'm superior to you if I clasp you. So I've got two hands in the game. You've only got one in the game. And if you shake a woman's hand and you turn her hand under yours, um, we're more apt to notice and think, okay, power play. I know what you're doing here. So I think that there's this um, perception because they think you're trying to take the upper hand. So let's just stick to a straightforward shaking hands and then parting ways. None of that hand clap over. And then check in your phone, you guys. We have a compulsion to grab our pocket 
And sometimes that can be hard to ignore, especially we're in a social or a professional situation where people are trying to get our attention. And I just think, I think we kind of all know this now, but I'm definitely in meetings where people did not get this memo. I think when you pull out your phone, when there's like no reason and you're just looking, I mean, maybe there's a reason for you, right? Your kid's sick, there's something happening, your boss is calling, but really the behavior makes you seem just rude uninterested and we know it can really harm relationships it can if you're just obsessed with your phone more than your partner so it just makes you say like i'm better than what's going on here i have zero interest in what you're all saying i have to make an effort too sometimes i think i want to pull out my phone and i just don't so think about it and um just try to be present you guys i think there's so much about the phone that pulls us out of the moment so i'm trying to do my best to uh, stay present with all of you i'm not even looking at my phone this entire show Okay, guys, we are going to take a quick break. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. We have some awesome sponsors right now that I think you will love. And we come back, I am going to answer your calls and um, answer all your questions. We'll be right back. There's nothing quite like the feeling of taking your bra off after a long day. It's just so freeing. I mean, usually there's wires poking you. You're constantly adjusting yourself. Straps are falling off. It's like a whole thing. I think the only people I know who aren't dreaming of this right now are those who have already discovered Third Love. Third Love makes the most comfortable bras I've ever tried, which makes sense because the founder created the company since she had all the same problems most of us have when it comes to bras. So she wanted to make it a whole lot easier and she did. Okay, for starters, Third Love bras are available in 70 sizes. 70, that's twice what most major brands offer. Know what else they have? Half sizes. I know, take a moment for that to sink in. And to make it easy to find your fit, they have a fun online quiz that accounts for your size and shape. I tried it and in just 60 seconds, I knew exactly what to order. And it's not just the fit that makes them comfortable. The fabric is soft and smooth and the cups have memory foam so they conform better than anything else. Oh, and there are no tags, zero. I hate those bra tags. It's such a pain to take them off. They always scratch you. I mean, they thought of everything and even included tips on how to properly adjust the straps. I mean, I didn't know I was supposed to adjust my straps once a month. Think about it. You wear your bra every single day. So why not have something that actually fits? Third Love is offering my listeners 15% off their first order. They will guarantee the fit. If you don't like it, return it or exchange it for free. Seriously, this is a no-brainer. To order your favorite new bra, go to thirdlove.com slash Emily and get 15% off your first purchase. That's T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E dot com slash Emily to save 15% today. So let me tell you about my first time buying a sex toy. I was 22 years old living in San Francisco and I walked into a local shop called Good Vibrations. It really blew my mind. I mean, I pictured sex toy stores to be these dark, dingy places, but it was so open and well lit. It was like an Apple store for vibrators. So I walk in and one of the workers approached me and she immediately put me at ease. She was like, hi, so let's talk about your orgasms. You would think a stranger asking that would make you nervous, but she immediately made me feel so comfortable and helped me figure out what would be best for me. Thank you, Pocket Rocket. At the time, I wasn't even aware that my life would also become devoted to helping people with orgasms and sex or that I'd be fortunate enough to work with Good Vibrations later down the line. This is why I am so excited to have you guys get to know them as well, if you don't already. I mean, they do run some of the best and most respected adult boutiques in the country. And now with their online store, you get to have that same shopping experience and expertise without ever leaving your house. 
Seriously, guys, they just know quality. I mean, if they have it in their store, I trust it. And if they don't, I have to question it a bit more. It's not just me that feels this way. I can't stress enough the standard they set in the industry. And I'm even more excited because now Good Vibrations runs the Shop with Emily page on my website. So be on the lookout for some great sex toys and sexy announcements. To see everything Good Vibrations has to offer, just go to sexwithemily.com slash goodvibrations. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash G-O-O-D-V-I-B-R-A-T-I-O-N-S. Okay, we are back. And now we're going to get into your calls. God, I love these shows. I love answering your questions. It's why I do what I do. So if you have a question you want answered on the show, just text Ask Emily, all one word, to 797979 or go to my website, sexwithemily.com. Click the Ask Emily tab and always include your name, your age, where you live, and how you listen to the show. We have Christopher, 29, from San Diego, and he wants to feel comfortable talking about sex with his partner. I don't blame you. Hey, Christopher. Hey, Emily. How you doing? Hey, I'm so good. Tell me what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I um, don't have a current partner right now. It's more just for, um, I suppose, the next relationship. But, yeah, I just um, I get I have trouble with uh, communication when it comes to sex related topics, even kind of just talking about it right here is kind of making me a little <laughs> nervous. And hey, it's a good place um, to start. But yeah, especially especially with somebody that I'm really interested in, really like or love, uh, I find it difficult to, to, I guess, talk about the topic. And mm-hmm. uh, I just want to see if you had any tips for me to kind of like get out of my head and, you know, kind of brave, brave that storm. Yeah, no, first of all, I love that you're asking this out of a relationship too, because you know that it's important and you know that like in your next one, you want to be able to. So I think that's great to prepare for it and to to think about it. Thanks. So, because it's hard for most of us. It really is. I mean, that's why I do what I do. That's why I have a job every day. There's someone who's like, I don't know how to do it or I did it and it wasn't right. (laughs) So I think, here's some basic tips is that I think talking is important. So you have to learn. Like, it's like you, couples need to communicate about sex. The more you communicate, the better sex you're going to have, for sure. So this is important. Mm-hmm. It's best to do it outside the bedroom. So you don't want to do it like after sex or when you're in bed. I think it, the bedroom is for like sleeping and for sex. So talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, when you're like having lunch or when you're like driving the car. So that's important about like location. And I think the other thing is like tone and time. Because I know it's a really nerve-wracking thing to make it a lighter conversation, to make it more playful, to make it more fun, to make it like to be more enthusiastic and curious. So let's talk about our you know sex life. Like I think it would be like, have you ever any fantasies, or is there anything you've thought about, or have you ever even talked about sex before? Because I'm starting a new thing now where I want to talk about sex in a relationship. I mean, being really honest with someone, and you want to make it about both of you. You want to make it about your pleasure. You want to make it about her pleasure. And I'm telling you, the more that you talk about it, it becomes easier. But right now, it's like the fear of it is just like the fear and the anxiety and, you know, what could happen is the part that's scaring you. But once you start doing it, you're going to realize when you're with a partner who's open and receptive to it, it's going to be the most amazing thing in your relationship. Like that that actual talk and that thing that you share around around sex, it becomes a really fun, it's almost like a like a sport you guys join together, a class, like when it's like talking about your favorite Netflix show, but it's actually your your sex life. So it gets a lot yeah. easier when you start doing it. And it's kind of like ripping the band-aid off when you're nervous. Cause I could see you in a few months, you're like, oh my God. And I'm not saying it's gonna be you'll still be nervous, but once you're just like, let's mm. talk about this, it'll get easier. 
and just remember okay. it's not blaming cool. and shaming or like why didn't you have an orgasm last night or it seemed like you didn't it's more like I just want to get good at pleasing you like I want to know what really turned you on like do you know and you'll find that a lot of women don't and they may never have talked to you about it talk to anyone about it so it's really just yeah asking those questions and being vulnerable and listening yeah so how does that sound and breathing that a lot sounds, that sounds good. yeah breathing too. letting yeah. them know you're nervous but you know how important sex is so you like you're not sure you said you know i know my end result is i want us both to have a good time and to keep getting better but right now i'm not you know i just want to talk about it with you see what you like and so that's how you do it Okay. Well, okay. Cool. Well, thanks for answering that question. I really appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you're you're so welcome. Yeah. Good luck. And if you get in something with someone in the future, you can always email me with specific questions. But I think for now, just and talk to your friends about it too. I don't think we talk about mm. it nearly enough. So I think like talking to your guy friends. If you have any really good girlfriends, like once you start talking about it, you'll realize whoever you feel comfortable in your life, ask your doctor about it. Most people are so afraid of sex, they don't even ask their doctors about it. So I think for you, a great practice now is just talking about it to people. Like, have you, you can just ask them, have you ever talked about it? Like, I just, mm. I think you could start doing a practice before you actually meet the person and then taking the stigma and the shame mm. around it for you and the taboo, you'll feel a lot better when you meet that person. Yeah, I good, talk about it with everybody. So nobody yeah. runs away. Like, even if they I mean, don't know yeah, what yeah, I do. Actually, kind of probably could assume something as such. Yeah, <laughs> no, I do. But even people who aren't expecting it, right? Like, people are like, oh, what do you do? And then you think that, like, they'd be like, oh, my God. They're always like, oh, wow, I've got a question. Or let's talk about it. So really, no one's ever, like, ran away and, like, running, screaming for the hills. So I'm telling you that most people out there do want to talk about it, I believe. So. Well, I'll right. put that. I'll put that theory to the test and, and yeah. see if I can. Let me know how it goes. Set it up with my friends. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I love cool. it. I think guys awesome. need to talk more. Okay, bye, Christopher. Thanks for calling. Bye. Thank you. Have a great night. Bye. Yeah, you guys, I think it's great. I do think the more we talk to everybody about sex, obviously people in your life that are appropriate. You ask your friends next time you're out. Guys, I think I love that Christopher's a guy asking this. I feel like for men, it can be so limited. They might say, yes, I had sex. I did not have sex with this person or this happened or that happened. But like getting into the details about like asking your friends, like how did you get what you want in bed or, you know, however guys do it or like talking about feelings. Like I think that that you'd realize that many of your guy friends would be on board with this and your women friends. I think it's a great bonding experience to talk to your loved ones about sex. Okay, we have Marty. She's 21 in Chicago. She has a history of sexual trauma and she had a recent sexual assault and it's resulting in some panic attacks during sex. Hi, Marty. I'm so glad you called in. Hi, Emily. How are you? Hi, I'm so good. Thank you. So tell me about what's going on here. Give me some background. Yeah, so um, I've been dating my boyfriend for about two and a half years. We've been long distance the whole time. And uh, recently, I went away to study abroad for a couple months. And while I was gone, um, I had this experience on the street. It was super brief, but a guy just came up to me, um, assaulted me very quickly in the street, and he rode away. He was on a bike. Okay. And I was walking toward the bar when this happened. I didn't think anything of it. And, you know, I went the rest of my summer not really thinking anything of it, just kind of buried it down deep. I saw my boyfriend um, after that for the first time. It was almost five months. And um, the first time that we had sex, I had a panic attack, and that had never happened before. You know, we see each other usually every three months, and that had never happened to me before. And I had a panic attack. I didn't know what was happening. I, we had to stop. Luckily, he was really supportive throughout the whole thing. And 
I was reflecting, trying to think what happened. And I think it was just a matter of he felt like a stranger to me. We didn't Mm. have the best communication over the summer. So I really was just curious on how I can improve that communication because he's in the military. He's deployed right now. Okay. So um, I won't be seeing him for a couple more months and I don't want this to happen again. Okay. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm so sorry that that happened. That kind of trauma again. Yeah. And so it sounds like it could be a few things because... So not seeing your boyfriend often can be really, it's very challenging to to keep up the intimacy and it makes sense that he felt like a stranger because I'm sure he probably can't FaceTime every night. I would think it's not that easy to connect. Yes, right? absolutely. So mm-hmm. is there anything, so the first thing is, and you're certain you guys are monogamous, right? And you want to stay with him. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so is there anything that he can do? Like how often can you guys talk? Because you could FaceTime yeah. once a well, week. What's the deal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have about a 15-hour time difference. Mm. So we talk usually like once or twice a day, um, and we can text sometimes throughout the day. So we try to keep it up as much as possible, but it's brief conversations. Right. Because I think that mm-hmm. you're going to need to have, maybe on the weekends, kind of try to have a meteor like time, like a, conversations and time to meet and connect in an intimate way. So if you guys can do FaceTime, even if it's once a week, but you make it like a date and you know, maybe you're mm-hmm. eating dinner, I know the time difference, but you could be sitting and like, you know, like actually looking at him and you could have some things like ready to talk about. Like maybe had you guys ever talk about your, you know, sex life or what you want for your future or things that would make it feel like an actual date. Like if you could incorporate actually looking eye to eye, even though you're not in person, it's kind of the next best thing. I think yeah, you're going to need some of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like a date. It's happening. I understand the time difference, but you wake up earlier, he'll wake up earlier, and you go to bed later, and you'll figure it out. Because the good mm-hmm. news is about technology now, we actually just talked about this in the show. There was some article how like it's actually a better time if you're in a long-distance relationship. There's more ways now to stay connected, which is true, right? You can text. You can FaceTime. There's even mm-hmm. sex toys now that you can control through your app, through an app. But also, you want to make sure that when you are connecting, it sounds like you're going to need, and I don't know what it is for you, but just some more intimate conversations maybe just like asking questions talking about your sex life or talking about things that turn you both on you can start making inroads into those things so I think Mm -hmm. if you guys connect on that level and then as far as your own um, panic attacks during sex you know that's just anxiety right that means that you're probably in your head and you were feeling like, mm-hmm. oh my God, he's a stranger now. And then maybe you were thinking about what happened to you this summer, maybe when you were a kid. And so I think for that, I mean, have you ever had therapy around any of this trauma? Yeah, I actually go to therapy pretty regularly. Oh, good. Okay. Um, and she she helps me with this a little, but we focus on other things as well, which is part of the reason I was interested in talking to you with is how I can bring up some of these subjects with her. Yeah, I would just let her know. And I mean, honestly, I think it'd be great to let her know because especially for sexual trauma, and it might not be her thing. And like, I think you should ask her honestly and say, has she de- has she ever worked with someone who's had sexual trauma? And just see how she mm-hmm. answers. Because it, I think many therapists can do this, but for some, it's a specialty. And some maybe mm-hmm. haven't. And hopefully, you know, she will be honest. But there are certain types of therapy, like EMDR therapists now. Therapy is great. I mean, you're in Chicago. Um, there's, it's called, yeah, EMDR. And it's sort of a, it's a treatment that people do just for dealing with trauma. And it's Mm -hmm. a very specific treatment that has worked with a lot of people with sexual Mm -hmm. um, assault or trauma. So I think, I think that would be great to bring. I love that you're already in therapy, by the way. I think that's great. And you should absolutely bring this up to her. And if she's not the one, she can maybe refer you to someone. So I think a matter of, you know, working with her, doing some breath, some breathing work. Cause really that's, if you think about it, when we get anxious during sex, you're in your head. So if you could, when you're masturbating on your own, and I think it's really important. My, my final tip is that 
it's important for you to stay connected to yourself sexually when he's gone. So making mm-hmm. sure that you're masturbating, taking baths, like you're just feeling more connected to your body. Because then when he comes home, it is like, not only is he a stranger, but your body is, might be a stranger to you too, if you're not keeping up with it. So right. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. So you're almost like, oh my mm-hmm. God, there's something inside me. I haven't even had these sexual, th-. it's true. It's like, you know, the, the more we do it, the more comfortable it comes. So I think, I think those are all a few tips that would, would really help you feel, it would definitely help you get back on track with them and give you the confidence to know that you're on top of it. And we come, you won't be worried about this future thing that could happen because you'll know that you've done everything you can to make sure when you see him again, it's as positive and pleasing and satisfying as you want it to be. And connective. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I think that sounds awesome. Cool. Okay. I love it. So it's a plan. You got this. Perfect. Yeah, okay. it's a plan. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much, thank Emily. Thank you, Marty. Good luck with this. Of course. Let us know what happens. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Have Bye. a good rest of your you day. You too. Have a great day. Bye, Marty. Oh, yeah, you guys, it is true. If you're in a long distance relationship, I think this is a really good point that, that that just because you might be talking and texting all day long or sending photos, that's not real intimacy. So if you can kind of set up a date or find ways to have really meaningful conversations, you know, asking questions that maybe you've never asked or playing little games or something. What are these games that we love? The like Creative Conceptions makes these really, we just got a package from them. They make really cool like board games and fun games for couples that you could do flashcards and, and it might sound silly, but you guys know no, not always easy to talk to our partners about sex. So if you got, you're listening to the podcast or you've got a little card that asks some good questions to your partner, like what's the craziest sex you ever had or whatever the questions are, it'll help enhance that intimacy. And as always, no matter what stage you're at in your sex life, you guys, we've got to remember to stay connected to our bodies, to masturbate, just to touch ourselves and to um, stay connected because it helps with everything. Okay, we have Marco. He's 45 from Palm Beach and his wife was injured and he feels guilty about masturbating and he wants to know how does he stay sexual? Hey, Marco. Hi, how are you, Emily? Hi, I'm good. Good to talk to you. So tell me what's going on. Well, my wife had an accident over the summer and unfortunately, you know, she got bruised and, you know, most of the normal things that we take for granted in life, such as sitting, standing, bending over, um, she can't do. Right. And even though a bed is soft, it just, the body needs to move certain ways. Mm -hmm. And because of that, as we get, what I say, older, everything seems that you're, you know, doing new things and things are going great. And then it's kind of like put a big setback. Yeah. It sounds like it. Okay. Right. So just trying to figure out, you know, where, because her mind, of course, is not on intercourse right. and doing things like that. So the question is, can one partner be satisfied and the other not? Or, yeah. you know, like I said, like I wrote, I feel a little guilty because, yeah. you know, well, you sound like together. a really good husband. First of all, you sound such like such a loving husband. So let me just tell you that the fact that you're even can feel guilty about masturbating and you're concerned about it is is really kind. So you're in a good place with that. And I, I think that she, um, you know, because it's a very healthy practice to masturbate in a relationship, you know, on your own. Like men always are going to, you know, I have to remind women to masturbate. Men, not always, like whether they're married or not. It's just important. It's a release. You need that. So I think that there should be no guilt in there. And I would think that your wife would uh, would would want that for you as well, to have pleasure. I'm pretty right. certain. Right, and I, I think, yeah, I don't think she minds because she knows going to get, you know, be right. happier. Right. During that time. Exactly. And then you were saying also though about her sex life. So I understand that. And then you were saying like, I think it was in your letter that she, in your email, that she might not be having orgasms or she might not be wanting, you want to know if she can have orgasms. Well, 
So what's well, meaning to go all the way, meaning that because to get her to where she needs to be, of course, is a little bit more, you know, right, interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, I want to be mindful. So for the few times that we did do it, took care of her first. Right, and great. then she took care of me separately. So I didn't finish with her. Right. Inside her. Yeah. So okay. So is she different. cool? Is she okay with everything? Going on? I mean, I'm sure she's in pain. I understand that. I just left a disc this yeah. summer. I'm not in bed, but I understand. It's a pain. You're like, oh, God, I can't do all these things. So that's not fun. But is she okay with it? Like, have you guys talked about it? How you're going to keep it? That's yeah. right. Okay. We have. I mean, she is getting better going through physical therapy and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just that it's like it's like almost learning all over again. Yeah, so it is like a relearning. I kind of have to. Right. So it's almost like, I, you know, like I wrote in an email, like I have to do things for me because mm-hmm. not that because I'm selfish. It's just, you know, it's just. Yeah, you, you know, absolutely it do. It's part of being a healthy, you know, a healthy man. Like it's important for you to ejaculate, to take care of yourself and to have your needs met. Absolutely. But as far as the two of you together, it, it, it is a relearning, which isn't always a bad thing. If you guys been together well, you know what I mean? Like to like it's, you Long know. Time, yeah. yeah. So have you guys ever tried any mutual masturbation? Like where you're both getting off and watching each other. It could be really, if she's got a toy. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, but probably not as much because you buy the stuff and it sits in the drawer and literally (laughs) something was disintegrated. So I'm like, okay, I need to buy something. That's why I'm like, what do I buy? And I know I'll go to your website. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, something. I would recommend, I don't know, like for her, like I think, because you guys can't really actually have sex now, right? Like positions like with you. Could you get on not top a, of her? Not as much. No. Okay. So I think, gosh, yeah. I mean, for you, I would love the um, the pulse, the hot octopus. Um, hot octopus is, oh my God, I love hot octopus. They make these toys for men now that are like blowing. Like I literally gave one to my boyfriend the other day and I did not see him for like a week. He's like, it's the best thing. It's a <laughs> masturbation sleeve, really. And it's a toy. It oscillates, doesn't vibrate. It's called the pulse three. And that's really cool for you if you okay. want to check that out on our website, just to kind of fun, different thing for masturbation. But for your wife, does she, um, if she normally orgasms through clitoral stimulation or through yes. internal? Yeah, that way, through clitoral. I would say the Pulse Duo is one that's kind of like it has a vibration. So it goes around your penis like a cradle, but it also has a vibrating outside to it, like an outside vibrator that could like rub mm-hmm. against her clitoris gently. You could even use it, you know, like once you roll off or with your hands. So that's kind of a fun it's literally a duo, like it could be for both of you, or just for you. If you got the hot octopus, you get the pulse duo. Or right. if she and just I've wants had the smaller vibrators for her. I mean that yeah. she, you know, that I can use on her. Yeah, I would get her the Wee Vibe sure Touch or the Tango. Updating. Yeah, I love the Wee Vibe Touch or the Tango. I think those are really cool if you ever travel. Okay. She might be need to work on her pelvic floor as well, probably kind of strengthening those muscles if she has back right. pain. So there's something called the bloom. And um, it's by WeVibe as well. And it's like Kegel balls that she could wear inside of her. And if she's in bed all the time, honestly, like when I'm in bed, I like just, I love doing these Kegel exercises because they re- they help build the pelvic floor. They help women with G-spot orgasms. And it really just helps her have more. It's kind of a, a, re- it's kind of a rehab thing too, like a rehabilitation device, especially if she's not been, you know, she's hurt her back. Like it's, it, she can wear right. the balls, breathe into it, do the program. It works with an app. It's pretty cool. So um, or I have an iPhone app called Kaggle yeah. Camp. So that's some suggestions for you. But I think getting her clitoral vibe, getting something for you, getting some fun lubes, flavored lubes, um, some um, yeah. massage oil, just kind of kind of just looking at it as like, like a challenge, but like you guys are going to rebuild your intimacy without penetration, but doing yeah. some other things that could be really cool for you both and feel good. Got it. Okay. Well, you definitely gave me some good good ideas and some 
products to look into. <laughs> so now I'm not like going crazy at other websites saying, oh, oh my, my God, God. Buy this or this. Good. No, just go to our website. I feel like we've got everything you need. I will. Okay. Thanks, Marco, for calling. And you just, yeah, I think you guys are good here. And you just, you sound lovely. So she's very lucky. I appreciate it. Thank okay, you. So take care of yourself and don't Thanks. feel guilty. Okay. okay. Bye, Marco. Have a Bye. good night. Thanks. Okay, guys, you know, here's the thing. Our sex life, especially if you're in a long-term relationship, it's going to change over time. Your sex, And also your sex in your 20s is different than your 30s, your 40s. So in a way, think of sex as something that is not static, that is actually always changing and, and it's always evolving and something that you liked last time, you might not like this time. So if you have more of an open mind about that and you look at sex as more of a practice of discovery and self-exploration, I think that we'll all feel a little bit better about um, trying new things, getting what we want, and and um, exploring each other. Because actually, it's the variety in sex that actually makes it the most satisfying to us. It's when sex gets dull and boring that it's uh, not so much. So I think having that open attitude, trying new things, is going to help everybody. So we've got Melissa. She's 26 from Winnipeg, Canada, and she wants to climax with her own hand and wants to know why anal feels so good to her. Hey, Melissa. Hi. Hi. Okay, so tell me some background here. So you want to climax with your own hand. So tell me about your masturbation techniques and what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I do it quite regularly. Okay, um, great. I usually use a bullet, you know, just over my panties. I have no problem with somebody else doing it like without any clothing like I can count no problem with like their their fingers or whatever but yeah for whatever reason I can't get into the right mindset um I'm trying to discover if if I have any past trauma that oh. that's stopping me right um so stop yeah, let me really just get this know. right so on your own when you're masturbating you're not able to orgasm yes Oh, okay. So just like with like fingers, like if I if I use like you know um, machines, then it's fine. Oh, I see. Okay, so if you use your own, you've never used your own fingers without a toy to give yourself an orgasm. I've never been able to. Never been able to. No, I've tried. Okay, got it. Um, Okay, so first, all right. So this is how it works. I, and you and you say with your partner, your partner, no problem, right? They can put their hands there, and you have an no orgasm. problem. And yeah. so, do you know what they do? Do you, can you think about what feels good? What they're doing with their fingers? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because I think I it's, think I think there's yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no. Do you think it's in your mind? So when you sit down and masturbate, you're like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Because it hasn't. Yeah. Happened. I think. Yeah. I think it's. It's just the fact that I know that it's myself doing that. I don't know. I, I don't have a negative idea of, you know, masturbation or anything like that. So I don't. It could just be. Yeah, it so is true, know. though. It's kind of like scratching your own back doesn't feel as good if someone else is scratching your back. So it kind of sounds like yeah. that's where. Yeah, I get it. It sounds like that's where you are. So maybe what's missing here is some of the the connection to your body and the like eroticism around it. Like when you're masturbating, what are you, what are you feeling or what are you thinking? Are you fantasizing? Oh, I'm, or, yeah. Yeah. It's all in my mind. Like, uh, I don't even need porn or anything to get off. Like I, I imagine, you know, just the feeling of like that, that present moment right, right now. Okay. That's good. So I think that when you're, when you're, it's kind of like a meditation practice. Have you ever meditated before? 
Yes, I, I do meditate regularly. Oh, good. Okay, so it's kind of like that. Like when you're, first of all, take the pressure off yourself. Like there's literally nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. This isn't like a huge problem, right? You're really orgasmic. We're going to get to your anal sex pleasure in a minute. So like it's all good. So really it's about you yeah. when you're when you're masturbating and you're using your hands, like just kind of when your brain is thinking these thoughts, like is it going to happen? Like you just go right back to your breath. Kind of like when you get a disturbing thought during meditation and you're like back to the breath. It's the same thing you could go back to like breathing deep into your pelvic floor you could just kind of like breathe into it and then breathe out because a lot of times when we're having these thoughts it means we're anxious and we're not breathing so I think breath for you could be really really helpful and just keep going back to like using your hand it might take you some time right in this mindful masturbation practice but it doesn't mean there's anything wrong it probably it just means that you know there's been some you've been probably stopping yourself so I don't think it's that you can't also, do you use a lube? Because lube is so helpful. Just to go in and dry with your fingers does not feel as good as, as using some lube. You're absolutely right. Okay. Yes, I have. Oh, you do use but lube. I like you. Yeah, I guess, you know, it just takes practice, right? Just right. Like meditation. Yeah, it's practice. Okay. So I feel like you're, you're, you're close to that and you will, you will get there. But again, if you don't, that's fine to use the toys. It's fine to start with the toys and finish with your hands, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or use your hands and then finish. But you're going to get there. So I think it's just a matter of there's like practice, okay? I and, agree. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> and then you had questions about anal too, right? You like anal. Yes. Feels really good. Uh, yeah, I just fell in love with that uh, this summer, actually, for the first time. Good. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's typical for a lot, of, you know, for women, a lot of women, not not most, um, but many can have orgasms, um, can have a, an orgasm through anal because um, it's hitting, so it's indirectly, like his penis is indirectly hitting your G-spot during anal because it's through the wall, like that's shared between your vagina and your rectum. So that's why that happens for you. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Right? Wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and there's a lot of great nerve oh, yeah. endings around your anus. There's so many nerve endings around the anus. So, yep. yeah. You know what? Um, ever since I started listening to your podcast i've been like trying you know manifesting talking to the universe like i hope i find somebody that you know will make me fall in love with you know, or at least try it right oh to fall <laughs> in love anal. with oh with yeah. anal oh What's that? yeah yeah and so that happened this summer i love it I, Yay. i'm a huge fan yes oh but, my god you know, i'm so I glad the way that you, <laughs> i love the way that you just like you know you gotta you gotta be warmed up and there's yeah. so many nerve endings down there <laughs> exactly it's true though but like that's what happened for you i love that yeah. you manifested that works thinking about your dream it sex is, life yeah. we can all have it you know so oh good well yeah. i'm glad that sounds great and just know that um yeah just know that you're going to practice this practice with different touches as well when you're do- using your hands try something different like it took me years to figure out that my labia like my outer labia are really sensitive. So it's not just the clitoris, the pubic mound, like there's a whole area there. So if you make it more about like exploring, you might find that there's like different touches or movements or positions that work better for you as well. Because you're going to get there. I'm not worried. But just try yeah. to try, <laughs> mix it up a little bit. Okay? I will. I'm going to I'm gonna go on an adventure. Okay, good, Melissa. I, want, I love that. See, that is the attitude. Go on that adventure. Yeah. You deserve it. Thank you, Melissa. You're awesome. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. You're you're awesome and keep doing what you're doing. I, I recommend you to everybody. Thank you. Well, thank I you. so appreciate it. That helps. Okay. Thanks, Melissa. Have a great day. <laughs>
God, I love this. I'm so inspired, you guys. I mean, you can all truly manifest whatever sex life you want. She was talking about giving up to the universe. And it's true. That's some spiritual like woo-woo talk. But if we spend more time thinking about what we actually want in like a really real way, like Melissa's like, okay, I really want to like have an anal orgasm or have anal sex that feels good. So she got there. Like, so I want to ask you guys, take a moment. What do you want in three to six months from now? How do you want your sex life to look, feel, taste, smell? Think about that. Keep that image in your head and keep working towards that goal. I love it. Thanks, Melissa. All right. We have Chloe, 25, from San Diego, and she's recently sober and wants to connect with males on date. Hey, Chloe. Hi. Hi. Congratulations on your sobriety. Thank you. That is not easy. I love that you've been in 12-step program and all that. And so tell me tell me what's going on right now. So in addition to the alcoholism, I mean, usually like it's a co-occurring disorder. So I have an eating disorder and I've been working on that. But, um, but just like since I got sober, I've gained some weight. And so I just haven't felt comfortable really pursuing men and I go to therapy pretty regularly and my therapist said like the weight's kind of an armor from men, but, um, I just, I have, I feel like it's not going to get any better. And I kind of was just wondering like what advice you had, if any. Well, all I can tell you is that it does definitely get better. I can tell you that. Like, I think that three years, you know, in the program and you're in therapy and you're working on all these things is, and you're 25, like first, that's why I'm saying congratulations, because I know how hard it is to, to really get sober and to like work the programs and to get help. And at your age, like you're so many light years ahead, people who are just, who aren't there, who might never stop drinking and who might never take their self help their um their mental health their personal health and may make it a priority like you are at such a young age too like to me 20 like that's great okay so what i can tell you is that it, it it does change so there's a few things here like so the weight thing like yeah like that's you know i could see that like after you you're working on your eating disorder and drinking and so i do think that you're going to get back it's going to like regulate right like you're going to get to a place where you do feel good in your body again like that i know is going to happen it just will. Like you're doing the right things. So right now, just kind of being kind to yourself and knowing that maybe you're not there right now, but you will you will get there, right? And I think it's also important during this time if you're not dating, and I'll get to the men in a second, but to still be masturbating because I know that for many women, including myself, when I when I don't masturbate as much, I feel very disconnected from my body. I'll feel more down. I won't feel as sexy. But when I do, when I start to again, and I start to like, like give myself pleasure, then I do feel connected. And it's like this automatic like helps with my love for my body, you know, because you could see all the amazing, you know, even when I don't want to, sometimes I'm just like, okay, you got to, it's been a while, right? Like having an orgasm is a good thing. So is that a part of your life at all right now? Um, Currently, right now, but not right now, but, um, but I have, I mean, I have done it more regularly. I, um, was kind of, my meds were kind of off a little bit not too long ago, so I was in a bit of a depression, so I kind of got out of it, but yeah, I mean, I definitely don't have any, like, shame behind masturbating, but I guess I never thought about, like, doing it just to do it. Yeah. It's prescriptive. Yeah, like it actually will kind of be helpful part of your process. And then the other thing about connecting to to guys, you know, like being sober, it's interesting. And I don't know if they talk about this in your programs, but I feel like I've a lot of friends who've gotten sober over the years, and that's always been like men and women who've gotten sober have always said to me, like, it's always a thing. Like 
they they're like, I don't know how to talk to anyone. Like when they first, they're like, I don't, I don't even know how to start doing it because I was always really sober. Or, I mean, I was always really drunk or I was on drugs. And all I can say is like, I have a friend who got sober 10 years ago and I used to go with her on dates because she was like, I'm so terrified. I am so anxious. Like, Emily, can you just come with me and like talk? And like, just, and it was, and I would do that because we were best friends and we'd do it. And it got easier. You know what I'm saying? This was like her first year or two out. And it just, it's just like a muscle, like getting comfortable talking to people again and feeling good about yourself. So it's all going to come back to you and you're going to be so grateful that you're doing it sober. You're going to be like, how did I ever do it the other way? But you're not there yet. So these are all normal things, I guess, that you're feeling is what I want to tell you in your healing process, in your recovery process. So, yeah. And, and I try to remember that. Yeah. (laughs) I like know it in the back of my head. I'm just frustrated at a a point because a lot of people in early sobriety also kind of when the drug's gone or the drink, they get like sex crazed. And I'm like, Oh, why not me? (laughs) I see both sides of it. Yeah. Yeah, I see the pain that that usually causes, too, and I'm like, eh, pass. <laughs> right, like you're not trading alcohol for sex. Like some people do like trading one for the next, right? But but I get that. But that's one side of it. You could go off and have a lot of sex, and then that comes back. But I think taking your time and knowing that it might be awkward, or you might have a few weird bad dates, or like that you feel are bad, but it, it is. It's just going to come back to you, and you're going to feel like so much more you when that happens. So I am just reminding you that you are on the right path. I'm telling you from someone, I'm just meeting you now, but all the things you're telling me sounds like you're in really good hands. You're making really good decisions about yourself and your mental health and what you're prioritizing and that you're playing with your meds when they don't feel right. You know, you're seeing your doctor. So I think you're going to be, you're going to be fine here. You are going to be great and you're on the right path. So just kind of take care of yourself right now and also practice just talking to people again. Like whether you're in AA or at your job or school, like that will feel good to you too. Like just talking to people, even if it's not about sex, but just feeling good having those conversations again. Because if you think about it, it's all conversations can be kind of different when you're learning a whole new way of being in the world. So those are just yeah. muscles you haven't used and you'll practice doing it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. How does that feel to you? <laughs> Thank you. You're so welcome, Chloe. Stay on the path. And I appreciate your, um, appreciate okay. for calling in. Thank you so much. Thanks. Okay. Have a great day. Bye. I love that Chloe said, I just want to hear it. Because the truth is, you guys, sometimes we just need someone else to tell us what we already know. Like, typically, we know the answers. We know we're not going to, like, we know there's other single people. Or we know that, you know, we can build up such a case against ourselves, which is so much easier to do to be, like, our own worst enemies. So I'm happy to be here, you guys, to, like, help you continue to stay on the right path. Continue to make decisions that work for you and not against you. Okay, guys, that was fun. So remember, you guys, check me out on Sirius XM Radio. The channel is called Stars 109, and it's starting November 12th, five days a week, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. for more sex talk. It's going to be fun. We're going to have some new segments. It's still called Sex with Emily. So if you're on a commute, you live on the East Coast, it's 8 to 10, call in. I'm really excited. Tell your friends if they have Sirius. So love that and thank you everyone for listening thanks to my amazing team ken sarah producer jamie and michael was it good for you email me feedback at sexwithemily.com something magical happened this year the magic wand turned 50 just think about how much the world has changed over the last 50 years i'm talking disco to dubstep payphones to cell phones. I mean, do you realize the magic wand came out a full year before we landed on the moon? That blows my mind. There's a reason the magic wand has stood the test of time. It's just that freaking good. Time Magazine named it one of the most iconic inventions 
Cosmo calls it the little black dress of vibrators. In other words, it's the one vibrator you need to have. In case you haven't seen one at any point over the last 50 years, the Magic Wand is a full-size massager. And yes, it works great on the shoulders too. For most women, its power and size make it the ultimate clitoral vibe. I call it the sure thing. And because things get better over time, you now have two models to choose from. The original plug-in version for constant power or the variable speed rechargeable version for cordless convenience. I've been obsessed with my magic wand since before I started the show. I even had my nightstand modified so I could keep it plugged in from inside the drawer. That's how much I love a magic wand. If you haven't tried one, what are you waiting for? Just go to magicwandemily.com. That's magicwandemily.com to order yours today.